Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Uh, This is a six-week series on the book of Proverbs. Um, Proverbs has 31 chapters, and I I told you last week, I think it'd be a good idea you to read a chapter a day. You know, it lines up for you can read the whole book in a month. And you can either jump in on the day that it is, like the 30th today, or if you got OCD like me, you can wait till June the 1st. Come on, everybody. And then, and then read a chapter a day in the whole month of June. And we'll, we'll have read the book. I think it's a good idea to read it every month. Honestly, I think you could add it to your normal devotion and you'll have read the book of Proverbs maybe six more times this year. I think it's a great idea. Uh, 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 to dump in, uh, to jump in this book together and get the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. All right, let's pray. Let me get into this message. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for so many families and babies, and I love what we get to do. And thank you for the presence of God. I feel God. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. I thank you for that. I don't take it for granted. And I pray in Jesus' name that you'll speak to my heart through this message. Everybody leaves a little better encouraged, strengthened. God, I raise my level of expectancy. Come on, tell the Lord that. I I lift up my level of expectancy that I'm going to have a life-changing experience with God today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Now, you're second service and you're church online, so you got to say amen louder than first service does, (laughs) all right? Like y'all slept in and got coffee and all that sort of stuff, so... Somebody asked me, Pastor, why, if you're new to City Hills, every summer, most every summer, we take a couple of series and dive into a book of the Bible a little bit deeper, more than theme preaching. We take some time for book studies. Somebody asked, you know, why why the book of Proverbs? Why would we talk about wisdom? There's a lot of reasons. I mean, the world's a very unique place that we're living in right now. It's a very, it's getting darker by the day. Things are not getting better. They're getting worse. And that's not negative. That's just real. It just, you look around, you turn the news on. Matter of fact, I'm I'm happy to tell you I'm a recovering news addict, everybody. I haven't watched the news. I haven't watched the news since January, and I'm as happy as I've been in years, everybody. I'm just, man, it could all be burning down. Don't tell me. I'm happy about it. I just, I, I really have been, but we need, we need wisdom in our life, and here's the reason why we need wisdom. This is sort of our theme verse, Proverbs uh, 4 and 7 says it like this. Wisdom is, everybody shout supreme. It's supreme. So if wisdom's supreme, man, it ought to be supreme in my life. Like the study of wisdom and how to get it ought to be supreme in my life. And, and it's not just supreme, but the, the writer Solomon says, so go get you some. You know, go, go get wisdom. And he said, it may cost you all you have. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't mean you got to pay for wisdom. What he does mean, though, is it may cost you some other stuff you thought you needed. It may cost you some relationships you thought were important. But when you got wisdom, you go, man, I don't need to be around them. Man, I don't need to be dating her. I'm helping some of y'all break up today. Come on. If he says he needs to talk, it's me. I did it. I'm the one. But wisdom may cost you all you have, but I want you to do everything you can to get some wisdom. It's supreme in your life. And we said wisdom is more than just head knowledge. 
it's more than just knowing something. It's applied knowledge. It's, it's living in such a way that that knowledge goes to work in my life and improves every area of my life. Say amen to that. It's more than knowing. It's applying. We said Proverbs last week. I'm just, just a quick recap. We said last week that Proverbs is divided into two areas. Chapter 1 through 9 is really a case for wisdom. And then chapters 10 through 31, the last 21 chapters, are really the Proverbs that sort of stand on their own. But there are four people you find all throughout the book, really in chapters 1 through 9, but all throughout the book. Last week we talked about them. The first one is the simple. Uh, the, the, these are not people who are you know, simple like you think your husband is. I mean, like, the, the, when the Bible says the simple in Proverbs, it means people who just don't know any better. And everybody has a little simple in them, right? Everybody's had some times in your life you made the wrong decision because you just didn't know any better. And then, and then it talks about the fool. And the fool's different because the fool knows better. He just chooses wrong. That like, I, just, I wanted to do it. I knew it was hurtful, but I wanted to. I knew it was wrong, but I did it anyway. Are you with me, everybody? This is what you'll see most in the book of Proverbs is the fool. And honestly, it's the most I am in my life is when I, I usually know the wrong way and the right way. And sometimes I still choose wrong because I just wanted to. And you may do the same thing. And then, and then really the worst in all of the book of Proverbs you'll find is what the Bible calls the mocker or the scoffer. This, this is kind of like the fool on steroids. It's more than I know, I know what's right and I still did wrong. It's I know what's right, I still did wrong, and I make fun of you for doing right. And I want to bring you down with me. And I want you to do, I want, I want to feel better about my problems, so I want you to do what I'm doing. Are you with me, everybody? And they mock the things of God. And, what's, and then there's the fourth way, and this is who I want you to be. This is God's best for your life, and that's the wise and so we're, we're taking the next six weeks to go, okay, God, I want to be wise. I want, I want wisdom in my life. I need wisdom to be a good father. I need wisdom to be a good husband. Come on, all the men say amen. I need, say a better amen. You need wisdom and a book. Come on, I wish there was a guide manual, you know, how to be a, a better husband. I need, I, need, I, need, I need wisdom on how to be a good pastor. And I need wisdom to, to be a good leader and, and a good employer. And you need wisdom on, on how to take the right job and not, not go down the wrong path. And you need wisdom of what school to go to and, and what college to go to. It probably should be an SEC school. I'm just putting that out there if you want to really go far in your life uh, uh, you just need <laughs> you just need everybody needs a little bit of wisdom say amen to that so in thinking about this I thought you know last week we just sort of gave an overview of the book I thought well where do we start like if I want if I want the river of blessing in my life if I want the river of wisdom to flow through every area of my life touching every area of my life it's got to start somewhere today I want to tell you where wisdom begins. Everything in your life has a beginning. How many of you have been married over 10 years? Let me see all your hands. Been married over 10 years? Over 10 years? Very good. You remember your first date? She does. I promise you that. Some of you, some of you don't. How many of you? <laughs> you better remember. You better ask. Ask somebody what your first, everything. You know, last year there was a big study about how so many people went on a first date over Zoom or FaceTime, that ain't good. That, that ain't, them filters a lie to you, you hear me? 
I'm helping somebody. I'm already giving you wisdom. You'll think you're dating Beyonce and you're dating Snoop Dogg. I mean, it's awful. <laughs> don't Google those two names if you don't know. Just trust me. I mean, it's bad, you know. But everything's got a beginning. Everything, everything starts somewhere. Started with your first date. You graduate high school or you graduate college and you walk across that stage and get that diploma and you're wearing that. But really it all started with your mama dressing you up on your first day of kindergarten. Come on. And you having to hold that little sign that said, it's my first day of kindergarten, you know. And your hair all sticking up and being all tired and everything starts somewhere. You walked in your house, you walked out of your house today for church, and, and maybe you walk through, you know, beautiful decorations and shiplap from Chip and JoJo on the wall. And I mean, it's just, it, you know, but it didn't start, it, it all started with a little dirt work and some foundation. Everything's got a beginning. Are you with me, everybody? And you can't have the finished product if you don't get the beginning right. You can't have a 20-year successful marriage if the dating didn't go well. He'd have left you. She'd have, she'd have, she'd have married somebody else, all right? Are you with me, everybody? Like, you got to get, get what begins right. And, and in studying for this message, I really started studying the idea of, of the river of wisdom through my life, touching every area of my life. And on planet Earth, there are nine major rivers that, that flow through planet Earth earth and and all of them have a source all of them have and the source of a river is called the headwaters it's the beginning some of them are a spring that comes up some of them are a lake that that uh, you know opens up and uh, some of them are two other rivers or tributaries that converge together and form that river but I know this Every major river, the Mississippi, the, the Amazon, the, all, all the major, the Ganges in India, all of the major rivers of planet Earth all have a source. And listen close. They all have headwaters. They all have a beginning. And where, what happens to the rest of the river depends on the health of the source. Oh, I'm preaching good today. What happens at the rest of your life and the wisdom that flows through every other area of your life starts... At a source. There's a beginning that if you don't get right, everything else will go wrong. That if wisdom doesn't teach you in the beginning, I got I to start at the beginning of wisdom. I, I read about the Nile River, the longest river on planet earth is 4,258 miles long. And it's located in northeastern Africa and it flows and touches 11 countries through the continent of Africa. It touches more countries than any other river on, on the planet. Its waters are shared by 11 of them. And the source of the Nile River for some time was of much debate. Most people wanted to believe the Nile River began at Lake Victoria. And Lake Victoria is a beautiful, large, thriving lake in, in central northeastern Africa and and most people thought this was you know this was where it all started and the Nile kind of came out of that that made sense but it's not most geographic authorities today agree that Lake Victoria is not where the Nile River begins it's actually a whole lot further north in western Rwanda and this is the source of the Nile River this little spring right here most geologists today agree it didn't start in some big lake. It started way in the jungle of Rwanda. I don't know what brother went searching through there. Not me. I can tell you <laughs> that. But this is the furthest source 
when you go back from the lake and, the, and then you go back from the tributaries and you go back from the smaller rivers that make their way up and then you go back from the creeks and then you go back from the small water, you'll find a little spring in western Rwanda where the Nile River begins. Now listen, if you were to go the Nile River today in Egypt, you wouldn't believe this is where it begins. And there's a lot of Christians who see the blessing of God on your life And they don't know the source is different than you thought it was. I'm swimming in the river of wisdom right now, but it all has a beginning in my life. Are you there, everybody? It all has a source. So many people that you think, man, it can't be that simple. It can't be that foundational. Oh, it's that simple and it's that foundational. That the river that flows through my life with the blessing and wisdom of God, it has a source at the very beginning. And I'm going to teach it to you today that wisdom has a headwater. It has a starting point. It has, it has a place that if you'll get it right, that the rest of wisdom flows from this. And here it is. Write this in your notes. Proverbs 4 and, I'm sorry, Proverbs 9 and, and verse 10. The Bible says it like this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One, not, not head knowledge, but heart, but applied knowledge. If you'll get that, if you'll really know who God is, you'll get understanding in your life. Now, we haven't decided the other four, all of the four Proverbs that we're going to go through in this series, but I did know this. I had to start if I, I couldn't get you in the river of wisdom until I got you to the headwaters. I couldn't teach you how to be a a good father and how to be a good mom. And uh, this book and the book of Proverbs can't really, you can't apply the rest of this until you get to the beginning. And the beginning of all of wisdom, the Bible says, is the fear of the Lord. It's it's saying to, to, to yourself and to your family and to the rest of the world, hey, listen, I recognize that I'm I'm submitting to someone who's bigger than I am and higher than I am and awesome and incredible and worthy and loving and forgiving and he knows it all and he loves me like I am and I open up my life to receive all the other wisdom from that. Shout amen to that, everybody. I opened my life, but it begins at the fear of the Lord. Now, now maybe you were raised like me. Some people think, Pastor, I got this down. I've been scared of God all my life. (laughs) I've been terrified of Him. I was raised in a very religious system. I thank God for my heritage. I thank God for my mom and dad and grandparents. I'm third generation Spirit-filled, and a little, I got saved in a little Pentecostal youth camp, summer youth camp. I got saved, and, and I thank God for, for where I come from. But I'll be honest with you. I grew up scared to death of God. I, I always thought God was this, this, this really old guy with a really long white beard, and he had two lightning bolts in his hands, okay? And brother was just ready to beat me down. Are you with me, everybody? And, and, and the moment that I, I, we had church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Friday night. Where y'all at? Can't be here every week on Sunday at one time. Anyways. That was for 9 o'clock. That wasn't even for y'all. 
I got saved every Sunday night. <laughs> every Sunday night I came to the altar. God, please, God, please don't kill me. <laughs> I just was crying, just terrified. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was scared. I, was scared. I, was, I knew he was coming back. And I was scared. I wasn't, I wasn't going to make it. I was going to go to hell. The old bishop in my life, Bishop Tenney, used to say that, that the, the, the book of life, that God doesn't have an eraser on his pen. God, this is good. <laughs> that, that every time you mess up, he doesn't scratch your name out, erase your name out. Because if he did, there'd be a hole in my paper where my name used to be. Are you with me, everybody? <laughs> it just, I, but I grew up thinking that. I, I, grew up, I grew up thinking God was like Abraham Lincoln on the Lincoln Memorial. Are you with me on this, everybody? And he's sitting up there all big and bold. And I'm just a little old me. Just please, God, don't kill me. Please, God, don't kill me. Please, God, don't kill me. And there's a lot of people today that have been turned off by church. Not because you don't like church. Because you don't like God. Because the God that you know about is scary and a bully and mean and ready to kill you. Uh, write it down like this. How you view God determines your relationship with God. And if you view him wrong, you'll worship him wrong. God, I'm preaching good today. I'm, I'm patting myself with my own handkerchief today. If you view God wrong, how you view God determines your relationship with God. Let me say it like this. If you view God as abusive, then you'll always be insecure around an abusive God. Is he going to get me today? Is today my day? If you view God as distant, then you'll always wonder, I can't pray to him. He doesn't hear. I can't go to God. He doesn't care. If you view God as detached from you, you'll think you're always on your own and always alone. Are you with me, everybody? How you view God determines your relationship with God. God's angry with me. God's ready to kill me. I'm scared of God. I'm not talking to God. I'm sure not showing up to church while the other people talk about God. And I would never bring somebody to church because they're going to talk about the God who's always mad at me. And I don't even blame the Bible. I really, it, was, it may have been my preacher. I felt like he was always mad, you know. I felt like I always had to come to the altar and just repent today. And God's angry. And I'm, I'm not making fun. I'm, be, I'm being honest about my, my struggle. I lived most till my 20s. Saved and scared. I got to tell you today, if that's you, listen today. This is just a change your life. That's not the God that you serve. Look into my eyes. That is not the God of this book. That's not the God of Christianity. It's sure not the God of this house. I'm going to tell you who your God is. Look at this in Psalm 145. You ought to shout. If I was you, I'm telling y'all I would run an aisle today. That's how fired up I am. The, Psalm 145 says it like this. The Lord, my God, is gracious and compassionate and he's not quick to kill me. He's slow to anger and rich in love. Oh, my God. That's so different than I thought, Chris, than I thought God was, Chris. I thought he was mad at me. I, God's not mad at you. God's mad about you. God's not crazy and maniacal. God's crazy about you. He's slow to anger. Thank God. Anybody thankful he didn't give me what I deserved and he didn't kill me when he could. Come on. He's slow to anger. And he's rich in love. He's, you, don't, you don't serve a God with a short fuse. 
You serve a God who's gracious and compassionate. This ought to lift your head today. God's not sitting on some giant throne ready to kill you. God is. God loves you so much he became a man, robed himself in flesh so that he could get to you. When you couldn't get to him, God said, I'll go to you. God is compassionate. Psalms 116, I like this one better. You ought to write this on your mirror in lipstick. Unless you're a dude and then use a bar of soap. Because it's weird to use lipstick. <laughs> Look at this. Psalms 116 and 5. The Lord is gracious and righteous. And our God is full of compassion. The, the Lord protects. Remember? The simple hearted. People like me. Who make mistakes. People like you who didn't realize it was going to take you that far and you didn't realize it would get you in that much trouble and you didn't realize it was going to be that hard. It's the simple hearted. And the Bible says God, he looks out. I feel like God says, baby, I knew you were going to do that. Come back over here. I'll protect you from that. And, and then there's sometimes he just lets me be a fool and I've been brought low. But even at my lowest, he saved me. I love how David talks about God. God's not ready to kill you. This is your God. And this, is, uh, this, this, this verse, studying for this verse, I'm telling you, I shouted in my office right by myself. I've been, I'm, I promised to God I did because of this last line. This is for somebody, this is a word of prophecy for somebody who's struggling with anxiety and insecurity and depression today. Return to rest, my soul. Your soul isn't your spirit. Your spirit's what gets saved. Your spirit's what goes to heaven. Your soul is your emotions, your mind, your thoughts, your heart. It's what gets anxious and fearful and worry and depressed and doubt. And David said, hey soul, you can sleep tonight because the Lord has been good to you. Oh, that's worth clapping your hands for all over the house. That's who the Lord is. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He's not angry. How you view God determines how you worship God. It determines you. If you'll get the correct picture of God, it'll change everything in your life. But it all begins with the fear of the... Now we got to deal with this fear of the Lord issue. So if I don't have to be scared of Him, what does it mean to fear God? I'm glad you asked. Let me give you three declarations that'll teach you the fear of the Lord. I want you to be a people. I want this church. I want you to be a believer that fears the Lord. All other wisdom flows. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. All, the river of wisdom in your life starts at fear of God. But it doesn't mean I'm scared of Him. It means these three things. Write this in your notes. Number one, God is awesome. He's awesome. I tried to find a different word, Pat. I tried to find a different word. Rick, I, I couldn't find anything. He's just awesome. He's mighty. He's all-powerful. He's bigger than I am. He's been incredible in my life. He saved me from myself. He rescued me from the pit, David said. 
and set my feet on solid ground. He's big in my life. He, when I don't see, He's working. The song said He's working. He's just awesome. The reason, the fear of the Lord isn't I'm scared of you. It's I stand in awe of you. I can't believe you would love me. I can't believe Jesus would die for me. That's why we sing songs like He does wonderful things. That's why we sing songs like He does great things. I told our team, I said, we don't sing songs about us. You, you can go to other churches, they sing songs about you. We don't sing songs about us. When I get to church, I sing songs about how awesome He is. How great. I've lived six days this week thinking about me. I need a day where I just get in God's presence. And I worship Him. And I exalt Him. And I raise Him up. Every time, every time you look in the Old Testament, Every time you look in the New Testament, anytime you find the presence of the Lord, anytime you find the presence of the Lord in this book, there's worship. The room temperature of the presence of God is worship. Let me hit you with that again. The room, oh God, I feel what I'm preaching. I may not get through the rest of the message because the room temperature of the presence of God is it's realizing, God, you're awesome. God, you're greater than this problem. For so many times, I look at my God and I tell Him how big my problem is instead of looking at my problem and telling it how big my God is. <laughs> we go to God and we say, God is bad. God, I'm desperate. God, I don't have anything. God, I need a job. God, my marriage is falling apart. God, I need healing. Instead of going and looking at myself in the mirror and saying, hey, just so you know, buddy, Jesus, by his stripes, I'm healed. He's bigger than cancer and diabetes and heart disease and depression and emotional instability. He's the God that rescues me and saves me and sets me in heavenly places with Christ. Jesus, he's the joy of my salvation. He's awesome. And every time, every time when you peeled back, when you peel back the curtain of heaven in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, every time you get in the presence of the Lord, the room temperature is always worship. There's always angels. There's always a song. There's always an anthem. There's always an angel crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You want to change the atmosphere in your house? Turn off CNN and Fox News and Facebook and crank worship as loud as you can get it. And in the presence of the Lord, you realize God's awesome. I'm not scared of Him. I'm in awe of Him. Close your eyes and hold your hands up if He's awesome to you. Sounds like this. You're all seated on high. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Jesus, you are Yeah. Oh. You're awesome. You are the Lord God needs to come to the front just tell him just you need to just stand here tell him
your own words. Tell him how awesome he is. God, you saved me when I didn't deserve it. You, you saved my babies, God, when they were lost and hurting and broken. And God, you put our marriage together when it was falling apart. God, I'm not scared of you. I just want to tell you how awesome you are. Come on, that's where wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That he's awesome. That he's bigger than any problem in my life. That he's great and greatly to be praised. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. Psalm 33 says, let the whole earth fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. He's awesome. Grab a seat just real quick. I got two more I got to give you. I got I to gotta, I gotta get this. I got to get it to you. Don't go far. Taylor, don't go far. Not today. Not today. He's not only awesome. Write this down. Come on, write. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. I love our style of church. I love a contemporary service. I, I'm, I'm thankful for it. I love what we do. I wouldn't trade any of this. I mean it. It, it, When we we get our own place, it's going to be bigger and better. (laughs) So if you don't like this, you're going to hate us. But maybe you grew up with stained glass. And and, and I I, honest, I promise you, I'm not making fun. There's something to that. Because in a church like this, sometimes he can get casual. And Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus is not my homeboy. God's not the big man upstairs. He's holy. I tell my staff, when I bring a guest minister into this church, they're a general to you. And when a general comes into the room, I tell, you ask all of my, when a general walks in, you stand up. You button that coat up. You, you, you look him in the eye. You have questions ready. You be ready to honor. Why? Because that's the man of God. That's a general. And I think it ought to be that way. I think we ought to do that. But how much more? When Jesus, the King of all kings and Lord of lords, and the God of all creation walks in, I stand to attention. I'm not slouching down. I'm not bored. I'm not looking at my phone. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. Psalms 99 says, Exalt the Lord our God, and bow low before His feet because He is holy. Here's the last thing. God is right. He's right. I'm teaching you the fear of the Lord. He's awesome. He's holy. He deserves your reverence. I don't mean, I don't mean stoic. I mean this isn't casual. Church isn't casual anymore. Matter of fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. COVID sort of Separated casual Christianity from people who are desperate for God's presence in their life. And I'm going to go deeper and I want to get further. Why? Because the world's getting darker and darker. And in, in this church, I want you to fear the Lord, not scared of Him. I just want you to always have a holy reverence that He's awesome and He's holy and He's right. If you see it another way, I love you. 
God's right. If the world says, I don't know if that's true, it doesn't matter what the world says, God's right. The Romans 3 says, let God be true and everybody else be a liar. Now listen, the world's changing rapidly. Churches, you can find a church today in this wonderful city who will tell you, I don't know if all this is true. I don't know if you can believe. Can you really believe that a man lived in the belly of a well for three days? Do you think it's possible for that to happen? No, I really don't. Do you think it's possible for for a few million Jews to walk across the bottom of the Red Sea and it was dry, it wasn't even muddy? No, that's not possible. Let me tell you what else isn't possible. It's not possible for a virgin to give birth to a baby. It's not possible for a man to walk on the Sea of Galilee. And it's sure not possible for a man who's been dead three days to get out of the grave. That doesn't prove the Bible's wrong. All that proves is God is awesome. That just proves God is bigger than I am. I don't care if you believe it or not. God is right. He's right. He's right. He's right. He's right. And i got to give you the last thing. I'm going to skip. Come on, media. Brendan, stay with me. Skip that next one. I don't have enough time. I'm going to give you this whole message in one verse, and we're going to worship again. It goes like this. Proverbs 19 and 23. It says, fear of the Lord leads to. That's why I love this church. This is a life-giving church. You say, Pastor, what's a life-giving church mean? It's a church that understands this, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That everything else I'll preach to you for the rest of the year starts here. That wisdom as a parent and wisdom as, a, as an employer and wisdom as a lawyer and wisdom as a teacher and wisdom, wisdom as a banker and wisdom as a broker and wisdom as a salesman and wisdom as a project manager and wisdom as a doctor and wisdom as an ophthalmologist. Wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And if you'll get it down, it'll lead to life. <laughs> now, the Nile River can touch all of those countries and there's growth and vegetation that grows up all around the Nile (laughs) and it'll happen in your life there'll be green growth there'll be vegetation there'll be you'll be planted and flourishing because the fear of the Lord leads to life and here's the best part and then we'll worship and pray And the fear of the Lord brings security and protection from harm. Now, I'm going to make, I got 60 seconds, and we just had a great move of God, but I may make you mad, so I don't know if I should do it. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway, Abraham. Do you know I love you? You say yes. Okay. It's been 16 months since the pandemic began. We know everything we're going to know. We know how to treat. We know what to do. We know who's most vulnerable. We know. It's been dangerous. It's been heartbreaking. It's taken people we love. People in this church we love. People in my family. Okay? It's not just you. People in my family. My best friend in all the world. January of 2020. Before we all even heard the word COVID. It's it's real. 
<clears throat> but 16 months later, the devil took over. And he's released the spirit of fear. And it's gripping people's hearts. <clears throat> and we're no longer, the most dangerous thing in the world right now isn't COVID, it's fear. What's going to happen? What's happening in the Middle East? What's going on in Israel? What about this virus? What's going on in that? And, 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 fear, and the Bible says this, look, the fear of the Lord brings security and protection from harm. Write it down like this and we're going to pray. When I fear God, I can live fearlessly. When I fear God, I can live fearlessly. So today, if you're in church struggling with anxiety and worry and fear and depression, and I want you to know God is awesome. He's holy. And He's right. And He can be trusted. You don't have to be scared of Him. Come on, Taylor. You don't have to be scared of Him. You can fear the Lord. And if you will, it's the beginning of all other wisdom in your life. Stand to your feet all over the house. It's the beginning of wisdom. Father, come on, raise your hands, receive this. Father, I rebuke every wrong perception of who God is. I rebuke the lie of the devil that says God can't be trusted and God's scary. And No, no, no. God's awesome. God is loving and full of compassion. God is merciful. And, and I can rest in Jesus' name. I pray for every soul to find rest. Rest, O oh my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. I rebuke every spirit of fear. I take authority over fear, over worry and anxiety. I fear God and nothing else. My heart is to the Lord and nothing else. My allegiance is to God and nothing. And I leave today with my head held high. So throw your head back. Raise your hands high. And sing. All the earth singing holy. All the angels cry holy. Jesus, you alone. Come on, let's turn it into a choir. Sing with all your heart. Sing. Thank you for joining us today and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry you know it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you but we're able to offer hope and life to the san antonio hill country and beyond so if you'd like to give today you can visit cityhillstx.com right now and if this message blessed you why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.